everybody, and welcome back to the Outbreak Podcast. This is a hub for all things gaming and entertainment. Now, we talk about everything from gaming to film to the dark and dreary corners of the internet. I'm your host, William Key, if I haven't already mentioned that. So, I just realized I've been doing kind of a shitty job as a podcast host because I find that podcast hosting is a lot like late night talk shows. You have to have some sort of beginning monologue, and I find a lot of the time mine are pretty lame. I I don't often have any creative or interesting stories to talk about in my day-to-day life. Most of the time it's been about baby, it's been about work and whatever. So I thought today that I'd open with something that nobody has ever talked about in an opening monologue. This is going to be, honestly, the the number one story that you guys are ever going to hear today. Um, Ever. Actually, it's going to be trending on Twitter as we speak. It's trending right now. Okay, you ready for this? Are you listening? Are you guys paying attention? Okay, here we go. So, how about that fucking weather, eh? Like, <laughs> was that not the most Canadian A that I've ever said? No, that that's, honestly, okay, so today, I recorded this on a Friday. Usually, I try to post it for Saturday or Sunday, but today, I left the house, and holy crap, it was torrential downpour. I was actually worried, because I usually bring my podcast stuff to work. I was worried that my shit was going to get, like, destroyed from the rain. Like, I was getting pelted and pelted by raindrops. And I was like, where are they coming from? They felt like they were coming from everywhere. I felt like I was running through a war-torn battlefield and I was getting shot at left, right, and center. I didn't know where the rain was coming from. And then, of course, I'm driving down the hill to go to work. And wouldn't you know it, it lightens up. And I get to work. And wouldn't you know it, uh, the drain at, at work in our plant, had, the water had backed up into the plant. And the water was everywhere. So how about that weather? Did you guys experience any rain? Did you guys experience any crazy snow like Texas did about a month or two ago? Honestly, we've been expecting rain here um, here in Canada, Ontario specifically where I live, for the last couple of weeks, uh, considering that the temperatures actually shot up to the uh, mid-teens, 15 to 18 actually in March, which is pretty rare. I mean, especially considering that most people in the world believe what a groundhog tells them about the weather. I, I believe that that is all just, you know, bull malarkey, bull malarkey, specifically, not 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 and like pheasant malarkey, but specifically the bull, bull malarkey, that a groundhog can predict if we're going to get six more weeks of winter or not. I think that's ridiculous. If you don't believe me, go watch. There's a donkey video actually that's really good that talks about the fact that this whole um, Groundhog Day thing is actually some sort of cult. And it was actually really funny. Um, I would go and recommend it. I might actually link it in the description below only because I mentioned it. I might even put it on my Discord server. Again, guys, if you don't follow me on Discord, please go and follow me on Discord. It's a little lonely over there. I posted about it on all my social media uh, platforms. I just want to get some more traction going. That's not to expect. I know everybody's busy and whatever. You know, They're not commit to social media. I, I can't even commit to social media half the time. I try to engage wherever I can, um, but I'm doing it from my phone and I work 12-hour days. So it's hard to always keep up with the news of the day, but I'll try to engage in certain conversations here and there. The last couple of weeks, I found other service I've been a part of. It's been very overwhelming um, for me mentally uh, just to try to keep up with all the messages that I've missed. But then there's that FOMO feeling, that fear of missing out where you're like, oh, have I missed out on an excellent conversation that I could have been a part of? And then so I, for now, I just kind of muted a couple of servers. I go and I'll still check in notifications here and there, but I'm not engaging in as many conversations as I, I would like to. So who knows? I might 
slowly kind of weave back into it. I've been doing it here or there, but for now, I'm just, I'm just kind of healing back a bit. I'm trying to focus a bit more on my Discord server as well, and then pop into other people's just to say hi here and there. I want to talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League to start this podcast because I actually just finished watching it a couple of days ago. Man, that movie is miles ahead of the 2017 version. You can see, obviously, there's elements that are reused in this in this one because you know it wasn't a a cut. It, it was like not a cut and paste version, but there's a lot of scenes that were cut out that really explain a lot of things going on in the 2017 film. Zack Snyder's Justice League also redeems a lot of characters that I felt were very well underdeveloped. Cyborg being one of them. I felt like this could have been a Cyborg solo movie within this Justice League movie. I think that's why it was four hours long, is because it was actually a Cyborg movie within the Justice League movie. As well, you get a bit more backstory with The Flash, including a brief scene with Iris West. And then you get a bit more details about Steppenwolf. And I was actually listening to the Canadian Geek Cast um, recently, and they did a sort of roundup of, and they were talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. And a good Twitter buddy of mine, uh, Mikey from the Retrograde Podcast, actually put it very specifically that Steppenwolf, he has some daddy issues. (laughs) He's got some daddy issues for sure. Uh, His relationship with Darkseid is, is is a touchy one. I was actually... A little surprised. We didn't get as much of Darkseed as I would have liked. It almost felt like something, almost like they they were teasing him obviously for a future Justice League film, and some of the post credit scenes in the film kind of allude to that as well, uh, with the the nightmare scene that Batman kind of experiences. Which you know, without context, it's a little confusing, but it also sort of is it's setting up what would have been a future Justice League film within the Snyderverse. I felt like it it somewhat redeemed Jared Leto's Joker, having him appear in that film, but I still hate his laugh. I, I despise Jared Leto's Joker's laugh. But I think and you know what? I was talking about this with Red on my on my podcast on my podcast server, and he didn't feel like he didn't really like Jared Leto's Joker. And I have to somewhat agree with him. I like this version's look a lot better. I think he's definitely looks like a ghost like a pale ghost he's he's creepy but i think that's it i think i just like his appearance more and that's why i felt like maybe they redeemed his character a bit more but there was a lot of unanswered questions like we see deathstroke in this in the nightmare scene we also see him in the uh the post-credits scene that was reused with jesse eisenberg where that was altered a bit too because i could have sworn in the 2017 version that they mentioned they, they actually name dropped the legion of doom but they actually didn't in this version uh, so I was a little surprised by that. Anyways, I, I I really enjoyed this version of Justice League. I did feel like it could have been a bit shorter, but you also got to think, too, that for the HBO Max, they were planning on releasing it in four separate parts. But over on, here in Canada, we only have Crave TV, and they released it as a four-hour movie. I think it was probably... The pacing was a little weird. And then I was reading somewhere later that 10% of the film was actually in slow motion. And then I realized, oh, yeah, there were a lot of really slow scenes that dragged on. And then there was a scene near the beginning of the movie that took place in Themyscira uh, with uh, Wonder Woman's mom. And they were, you know, getting attacked by Steppenwolf and all that. And I'm like, this scene seems really long. This seems, like, really long. And then they gave other scenes. And I think it's because, you know, she was one of the main um, areas that had the mother box. 
But then they didn't give as much attention to places like Atlantis. And of course, you know, Cyborg was also kind of, I don't know if they gave much scene to him with the mother box. I, I can't remember. Um, but definitely Atlantis. I felt like Willem Dafoe's character wasn't in it for as long as he should have been. Mira just was kind of awkwardly there. And her, I think she had a different accent as well, which was kind of strange. Yeah, there's elements that Justice League, they definitely cut out of the original Justice League movie, which is why we saw different versions of Mira and, and Volko, Willem Dafoe's character, in the future Aquaman Man movie. They're, they're different than they are in this version. It's sad that we don't actually get to see what that Snyderverse would have been like. But ultimately, it's this is one example of how um, the studio is definitely pulling a lot of the strings. Because if this movie came out as it did in 2017, I think they would have been able to compete with the likes of Marvel for sure. I want to move away from this discussion because I got a story in front of me that actually dropped yesterday and I was very excited to talk about it because I'm actually currently playing the game still. Ghost of Tsushima is actually getting a movie adaptation from the director of John Wick, uh, Chad Stileski. Uh, Deadline first reported this and they conf- and the Sony had actually confirmed in a blog post shortly after. Now it said, the head of PlayStation Productions, he said, we're excited to be partnering with Chad and 8711 Entertainment to bring their vision of Jin's story to the big screen. We love working with creative partners like Chad who have a passion for our games, ensuring we can create rich adaptations that will excite our fans and new audiences. So this is a partnership that I wasn't expecting. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima is perfect for movie material. And I think that there's a way that you can tell a cohesive story, you know, cutting out all the side stuff. There's a lot of cutscenes, but there's a nice through line story that you can definitely tell in a two hour film. So I'm very excited to see what they can do with this, especially considering that the talent they pulled in with the director of John Wick, this is gonna be an excellent action film. Uh, so we'll see when uh, it will get uh, released. Cause you know, Sony's already also got upcoming titles like Metal Gear Solid and Uncharted from Sony Productions. So all those films are coming down the pipe. We may even see more Sony big budget games being turned into films later down the line. Now, I want to share a very interesting Twitter thread. I was talking to the host of Ginger Garbage, one of the podcasters, Gabby. She posted this thread um, from a guy named Jensen Karp. Uh, And if you guys haven't heard that name, he's been trending all over Twitter the past week about a very strange finding in one of his Cinnamon Toast Crunch cereals. Now, why does it make it onto the podcast? Because I did mention that I do talk about the dark corners of the internet. Well, this definitely takes a left turn really quick. Now, Jensen Karp, uh, I'm going to go into a bit more detail about him. Uh, He has a podcast. I don't have the name of it in front of me, but he's also a writer. He's a father. He's all this. It's on his Twitter bio, at Jensen Karp. He tweeted on March 22nd to the Cinnamon Toast Crunch Company at CTC Squares. He was asking, why are there shrimp tails in my cereal? And he had a picture to prove it. There were actually shrimp tails in his cereal box. Now, this was disgusting enough as it is, but as things progressed further between carp and Cinnamon Toast Crunch, you'll find that things take a much darker turn. So. Cinnamon Toast responded to Carp. They apologized, of course, stated that they were looping in the quality team to never replace the box, and they wanted they suggested moving the combos to DM so it would stay off of Twitter, which is usually a smart move for, for social media because they don't want to keep this something like this going back and forth in the public. It doesn't matter to Carp because he could later post the DMs uh, in future messages to show what is actually going on. You know, obviously Cinnamon Toast Crunch can't stop him from doing that. 
unless they want to file some sort of a, um, a report against them, which I doubt they're going to do. So through further investigation, Carp had confirmed that the shrimp tails were actually covered in some of the cinnamon toast crunch coating. And following a response from at CTC Squares that suggested that following their own investigation that they were doing into the initial image, that they confirmed that it was not in fact a shrimp tail, but in fact, and I quote, an accumulation of the cinnamon sugar that sometimes can occur when ingredients aren't thoroughly blended. We assure you that there's no possibility of cross-contamination with shrimp. Oh, well, that just makes everything okay then. I'm just seeing sugar. It's just a sugary um, clump that is shaped very much like a shrimp tail. Oh, my God. So Carp was later, as I mentioned, posting his DMs with the sugary cereal company who had urged him, and they've been urging him up until this day, to keep sending him the samples via a prepaid addressed envelope. Carp had said that he would keep one sample because receiving that message back that said, oh, it's not a shrimp tail, it's just sugar, had basically convinced him that he must have been getting gaslighted. Now, keep in mind, as this is going on back and forth, this story is beginning to trend. People are starting to jump in, and it's becoming a meme. Things only got worse for Carp as he later checked the bag. He checked back with the bag of cereal where he found the shrimp tails and was horrified to discover that the shrimp tails were only the tip of the iceberg. There were also these little black things hooked into the pieces of the squares that looked either like bugs, but more likely than not, it could have been rat poo. And he also discovered a piece of string. Now, the saga got a little more interesting when there was a, a, a funny post. I can't remember who the initial uh, Twitter post was, but I retweeted it. Somebody had learned that Carp was actually the husband of Topanga, act actress Daniel Fischel from Boy Meets World. Like, what? what? Where did that even come from? But that made things all the more interesting because then she gets roped into the story. She took another look at the bag herself because she has a stronger stomach, I guess. And which what she found was that the bag was actually taped up. There was another piece of string discovered to which Carp identified potentially as dental floss. Now, he decided he was going to get those black pieces from earlier, the ones that he thought were rat droppings. He was going to get them tested to determine whether or not it is rat poo. Meanwhile, another user at Fateful Dream had sent a tweet suggesting that this wasn't the first time the, the parent company, General Mills, who makes Cinnamon Toast Crunch, was, it wasn't their first rodeo with shrimp tails because back in 20, 2009, contract manufacturer Indie Baked Products LLC took a shipment of Adkins blueberries that was contaminated with shrimp pieces. Cinnamon Toast Crunch is still on the hunt and they were continuing to chase carp for the samples. But Carp is still putting up a fight, refusing to submit the samples following their prior tweet to Carp, suggesting that the shrimp tails were just sugar. Next day, on March 23rd at 1.12 p.m., Cinnamon Toast Crunch releases an official statement on their Twitter. It states, While we are still investigating this matter, we can say with confidence that this did not occur at our facility. We are waiting for the consumer to send us a package to investigate further. Any consumers who notice their cereal box or bag has been tampered with, such as the clear tape that was found on, in this case, should contact 1-800-328-1144. Carp, meanwhile, is still refusing to send off the samples to the Cinnamon Toast Crunch company, so he took the box of Cinnamon Toast Crunch to a lab to get the shrimp tails tested and potentially the other found pieces to test and confirm their identities. Let's, let's sort of advance the story a bit, because there's a bit of back and forth and memes that are kind of, you know, alluding to this. But on March 23rd at 11.08 p.m. that same night, Carp said that he had finally been in contact with a crustacean researcher at the NHMLA, 
I couldn't actually find out the company name for that. I didn't really look into it. I apologize. Who is going to, quote, morphologically identify the shrimp using microscopy, and he will work with a team of researchers to use DNA to try to identify the putative shrimp down to its species, and they are paying for this to be done. And I'm sure they're going to share the news of this shrimp's utter passing to its own parents. Who knows? So on March 24th at 12.45 p.m., this is the next day, he said that he was still waiting for the envelope he agreed from GM to send back pieces of some of the shrimp tail. But for now, it seems this saga has slowed down a bit. I think this is insane, that the company was basically trying to gaslight him and convince him that those were not shrimp tails, but in fact, sugary coated pieces. Like, who the fuck does that? <laughs> I can understand how a company... For one, I can understand them wanting to take it offline to DMs, like I mentioned. But do you really expect that the user who is upset and frantic about this and feeling like they're getting gaslighted is really going to stop and say like, oh no, I won't propose private DMs. But this is actually what he did. And it just made things look much worse for General Mills and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So whoever is running their social media page needs to step off and maybe think about what they're saying, think about this individual, and consider their feelings. Okay, so I want to test a new segment out. Uh, as you know, I have the What's in the Letterbox segment, and that will probably show up on the next podcast, not today. But I have a new segment because um, I've been reading a lot of interesting stories uh, on Reddit, on Twitter, like this one, like the Shrimp Tail Saga. In fact, that Shrimp Tail Saga could have fit into the segment, but I have a little mini a little mini blurb of something I found on r slash interesting as fuck um, that I'm going to put in the segment called Behind the Cyber Veil. And sorry, I don't have any intro music for it. I will get some eventually if this segment takes off. I want to share with you an interesting post I found on r slash interesting as fuck that alludes to sort of a rough outline of the rules that are given in place for, if you remember the characters Wiley Coyote and the Roadrunner from the Looney Tunes and the creator Chuck Jones, he had a, looks like a nine-step rule for how the interaction between the two characters was going to take place. And I want to read it out to you. And send me your thoughts after what you think about this and whether this is legitimate or not. So rule number one, the roadrunner cannot harm the coyote except by going beep beep. Rule number two, no outside force can harm the coyote, only his own ineptitude or the failure of the acne products. Rule number three, the coyote could stop any time if he were not a fanatic. Repeat, a fanatic is one who redoubles his efforts when he has forgotten his aim. Rule number four, no dialogue ever except beep beep. Rule number five, the roadrunner must stay on the road. Otherwise, logistically, or sorry, logically, he would not be called the roadrunner. That makes sense, right? He's not called the sidewalk runner. Rule number six, all action must be confined to the natural environment of the two characters, the Southwest American desert. Rule number seven, all materials, tools, weapons, or mechanical conveniences must be obtained from the Acme Corporation. That makes sense. That feels like it should be a higher rule, because I always wondered why the Acme Corporation was the only one supplying all these strange contraptions to try to kill the Roadrunner. Rule number eight. Whenever possible, make gravity the coyote's greatest enemy, which is why he falls off cliffs a lot. And finally, rule number nine. The coyote is always more humiliated than harmed by his failures. Because the coyote never dies. He always finds a way back, even if he falls off a cliff. I think that is an interesting sort of Ten Commandments of how to make a good Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner story. And I'm actually am curious to know if there's anything else for different interactions with different characters within the Looney Tunes story. 
um, like Sylvester and Tweety or Bugs and Elmer Fudd. Like they must have they must have come up with different sort of rules for how those characters interact. But yeah, I always wondered that they are always in the desert. Acme Corporation supplies their weapons. The Coyote never talks, and Roadrunner does say meep meep. So yeah, I mean that's that's all true. Right? Finally, I want to give a, a podcast shout-out to somebody who I think has deserved a podcast shout-out for a long time, and I just haven't gotten around to it, but I am finally doing it today. Jen, Jennifer Weintraub, and her podcast, Speculate w- With Us. Now, this podcast, it's, it's very interesting. Uh, it's one of those things that they sort of debate, speculate on different current events and, and stuff happening in the world, whether it be as deep as COVID, the, like the lockdown, the Bible, God. They talk about everything. Aliens cults you name it you know there's nothing that they won't touch um they have different guests on to kind of speculate on different topics i think it's very interesting and it really makes you question everything around you uh and i think we should be questioning everything around us because what is real what's not and is the government really trying to poison our water supply i've always wondered that also they're really not looking for a cure for cancer right because come on it would actually like if they found a cure for cancer, then what would be the point of all these pharmaceutical places, man? They're, they're giving us drugs to try to poison us so that way we can buy more drugs to sort of cure us. It's like an endless cycle. And cancer, why would they ever cure cancer? It's like the biggest money grab ever. Like all these cancer corporations are trying to find a cure, but are we ever really going to find a cure? I think we've been trying to find a cure for things like that for a long time. Although you got to think, something like COVID, I feel like there will be an end in sight. But they really, they're really just dragging us along. Heck, man, Jen's already got me speculating. I've, <laughs> anyways, I'll leave a link in the description below to her podcast. Go listen to it. Go find an episode. If there's a topic that that you've been questioning, I'm sure she's covered it by now. This brings me to the end of the show. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. So you can check me over at my blog, wkey.wordpress.com, where I occasionally, but almost never, post, um, you know, writing. I used to do short stories, I do news, I do blogs, opinions on anything I find interesting. Most of it in the gaming, film, television landscape, just like this podcast. Please go follow me on social media. On Facebook, at facebook.com backslash the Outbreak Podcast. On Twitter, you can find this podcast at Podcast Outbreak, but I will post more frequently on my personal Twitter, at Will Key. Have you guys checked out my Redbubble store yet? Redbubble.com slash go search William Outbreak. And as I mentioned in the beginning, please join my Discord server. There's a link in the description below. Now, this podcast is hosted on Podbean. Please, like, subscribe to the podcast. Please drop a review if you're on Apple. You can find this podcast anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Listen Notes, Player FM, Castro, maybe. I don't even know. Um, maybe I'm on LimeWire. I haven't even checked. Is LimeWire still a thing? ThePirateBay.com or .se or whatever the heck it was? Pornhub? I haven't even checked if I'm on Pornhub. I probably have the voice for it. I could probably sing you the intro. Anyways. That... (laughs) See, now this is going to get flagged for NSFW. Like, not safe for work, people. Thank you guys so much for listening and have yourselves a great night.